into the prisoner of Windsor's front pots and they'll never know. Uh, hello and welcome to yet another episode of the internet stand-up and sketch show that all the Canadian baby sex secret keepers are calling... It's the sketch show that's written in eight hours, rehearsed once and then just done in front of an audience, which is still more work than is put into any of Ben Elton's novels. Uh, <laughs> but new listeners, this is not the place to start, uh, really, this, with this episode. You will get a wrong view of what this... <laughs> it's a very sophisticated show, so please start from the beginning, download them all, they're all up there, uh, and then wait till you get to this beautiful moment of... Series 3, show 4. It's Because uh, this is promised to be literally the most self-indulgent episode of the show in every way. Uh, yes, uh, due to last week's punishment during the unpopular feature, The Moral Maze, I pledged that if the audience voted my bin porn antics immoral, uh, I would masturbate over every page of a porn mag and then give it to a 14 to 17 year old member of our audience. <laughs> Unfortunately, the audience did vote me immoral. This is out. It's not my choice. I'm an old man. My supplies of love porridge are scarce at best and very slow to replenish. It's not like it used to be. The Hustler porn mag that I've purchased is of such a soft nature that it provides my jaded libido with actual negative sexual excitement. <laughs> so I've spent the whole of last week trying to fulfil my punishment. I'm only up to page six so far, so I'm still working it. Now, that's right, I am wanking as I say this, but... Um, <laughs> Luckily, I'm not alone. In a strange and perverted tribute to Murder on the Orient Express that Agatha Christie couldn't have dreamed of inspiring in her worst nightmares. I, I'm joined in this Herculean task by two men whose powerful jizz has already impregnated two women, one each, not at the same time. And it's about to see if it can create life with a glossy two-dimensional photo. It's Dan Tetzel and Christian Riley. Blimey, Christian, you're, you're like the Trevi Fountain today. Whereas Dan, more like a sherbet fountain. That was a, that's shooting dust. It's incredible. That's why I did that. <laughs> and although her withered old clack-a-lack-a-dack-dack has produced not one drop of sexual moisture in the 21st century... She's still having a little fiddle for us now. It's TV's wanking Emma Kennedy. Oh, well done, Emma. That's amazing. That one tenth of a milliliter of something partially fluid that you've oozed out of your vaginal pouches. <laughs> Very helpful. You know, I'm reminded at this moment of the parable of the widow's mite. Uh, you. You may not have given much, but you've given everything you had. I think Christian was holding back. There was tons of... Christian gave tons, but there's loads more stored up that he's not given us. I think if Jesus had come up with this analogy, he'd have been a lot more popular than he turned out to be. But how many sketch shows have you heard with, which begin with the whole cast wanking off over a softcore porn mag? However many it is, it's not enough, that's for sure. We, we really have hit a new low, and I can only apologise for wrecking all of our careers. Uh, believe me, I didn't want to do any of this. My hand has been literally forced by our depraved audience. The mag is nearly sufficiently soaked in sex excrement, although some pages were harder to get aroused to than others. Uh, the letters page, which I remember from teenage forays as being the best bit of these porn mags, was surprisingly unpleasant and anti-sexy. Uh, take this genuine example from a 
slimy, it's a slimy, confused and frankly racist letter that's going to be read verbatim. <laughs> it came from T.A. of Illinois, and I can only apologise, this is genuinely in this edition of Hustler. Is being the daughter of a famous actor what it takes for black women to get into Hustler? Don't get me wrong, I enjoyed Montana Fishburne's openness. <laughs> and yes, I admit I have seen some chocolate goodness once in a while in your pages, but I want more. You should have at least one black girl pictorial every month. And while you're at it, let's have more Asians and Latinas too. Seriously, it is the 21st century. <laughs> Warming plea for equality there at the end at the end of that letter from an Illinois pervert. I'm not, I'm not sure the civil rights cause has ever been so eloquently used to justify a man's masturbatory sexual peccadilloes. Seriously, it's the 21st century, and if that means that black women are not holding open their sex flaps with their fingers in equal numbers with their white and Asian and Latina sisters, then it will be like Martin Luther King died for nothing. <laughs> Seriously, it's the 21st century. That's the argument. I think it's the new naughty dog did it, isn't it? That's the way of excusing any of the awful things you've said. This has been a horrible punishment for me from start to finish. Because of this stupid show and our awful audience, I've been forced to buy a porn mag from a shop for the first time in over a quarter of a century. It was humiliating and embarrassing. The day I bought it, I'd been having lunch with my girlfriend and her parents. I was trying to make a good impression. Mmm. Oh, that was lovely, didn't it? Dinner, wasn't it? Lovely lunch, thanks. Delicious. Yeah. Did you enjoy that, Mum and Dad? Oh, yes, yes. Oh, lovely restaurant. Yeah. Well, not as nice as your home-cooked food, though, Pat. Oh, <laughs> what a nice thing to say. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I'm a very nice and normal person, Pat. Uh, <laughs> perfectly suitable for your beautiful daughter. You don't have to worry. Uh, you haven't ever listened to any of my podcasts, have you? Uh, no. No? What, what podcast? Nothing, nothing, oh. never. <laughs> Never listen to them, they don't exist. Do you understand? Don't listen to them. Don't listen to them. Yes, yes, Warren. Stop yes. gripping Dad's neck like that, Richard. You're hurting him. <laughs> Sorry, Chris. I'm a, I'm a very nice person, so you've got no worries with me and your lovely daughter. So. Good, good, good. Uh, fancy dessert, Richard? Well, I would love one, Christopher, but the problem is there's uh, every, every cake or creamy pudding around, I really want to push your daughter's face into it. It's <laughs> just like a compulsion. So. Oh. Oh dear. You must get that with Pat, you know, uh, you want to push her in a pond sometimes, or hey, sometimes when you're waiting on a tube platform, you know, you just want to nudge her over the edge. God, no. No, I mean, no, not when the train's coming. Hardly ever then, but you, and you, you wouldn't actually do it. Almost certainly you'd never go through with it. It's Maybe just a compulsion. you should just go, Rich. Yeah, sorry, I do, I do have to dash off. Oh, you've got some work on, have you? Oh, yeah, you're very busy. Sort of, Pat. Uh, it's uh, quite a funny story, actually. <laughs> I've actually got to go and buy a porn mag, so... Oh. No, don't, no, don't get the wrong end of the stick. It's not because of any sexual problems with your daughter. That's... That's all going full steam ahead, don't worry. Bang! That's... That's me and her. Bang! Bang! That's what... I'm hanging out the back of her, that no promise. No it's, no, it's not even for me. It's not something I'd usually do. Either, no, it's perfectly innocent. It's just this week, I've got to masturbate over every page of a porn mag and then give that semen-coated porn mag to a 14 to 17-year-old boy. That's, oh. that's... No, no, that's disgusting. No, no, it's not a specific 14 to 7-year-old boy. It'll be a complete stranger. I I'll just hand it over to him. I don't even know his name. Rich, could you just go? What did I... What did I say? <laughs> it's, um... 
There's a back reference there to, uh, to, to Christopher to the uh, first show in the series, I, right. the Oxford Review sketch I did. I think. Yes, they, I, I said that. I, I thought it might make you I laugh. Do, I don't listen to your podcast. Oh, you should. It's actually no. Don't listen to the right, podcast. No, no, no. <laughs> Definitely don't listen to the podcast this week. Anyway, uh, anyway, I've got to go. Bye. Yeah, you stick with him, sweetheart. He's the best you're gonna get. <laughs> I'm very lucky, Mum. You are. You are very lucky. But don't forget it. If you're listening at home, darling, don't forget it. You are lucky. So I headed out to buy... I headed out to buy the magazine. I went to Smith's. They didn't even... They don't even stop porn magazines in Smith's anymore. They have zoo and nuts. They're hypocrites. But they didn't have any proper... So instead, I embarrassingly had to pop... I didn't want to do this, but I had to pop into a corner shop on the way back from lunch. I was genuinely feeling humiliated and sick with embarrassment about this. I was just hoping it wouldn't be a woman serving, but of course, I opened the door, it was. It was a lovely, respectable, middle-aged Indian lady in a sari. It was the worst possible. There were, there were jazz mags there for sale up on a high shelf, a few of them. It was quite difficult for a short man like me to get up there. They are high up. Uh, I was about to reach up and grab one uh, and make this as quick as possible when another customer came in. Uh, so I was going to have to wait until he passed. But then he just stood right beside me. Uh, and I saw he was looking up at the top shelf as well. And I thought, blind, what's the chance? He's going to buy a porn mag as well. In a way, that would make this easier. I nearly just nudged him and said, thank God, mate. Thought this was going to be embarrassing, but we're both buying porn, so no shame, any recommendations. But uh, then he reached up, and I was still thinking, what a pervert. He's not even doing this for a podcast. This is for his own. He's actually going to wank over it and enjoy it. Uh, but he reached above the magazine to a higher shelf and picked off some kitchen towels that were up there. I don't know if they were placed there as kind of an impulse buy for the... For the casual masturbator, you only need one sheet. One, one sheet. I'd love to see that. Uh, so I was still the only wanker in the shop. Uh, so I waited till he was gone. I grabbed the magazine, just looked the price, four ninety nine. I got a fiver ready. You did get a free DVD for that though, which I thought was good value. Uh, I got my my money ready. I took it to the counter, placed it in front of this lovely old lady. Because of you, this happened because of you. Your decision. I could sense her judgment already, but she picked the item up. Look, she was looking for the price. The DVD had slipped down inside the plastic cover and was covering up the, the price. So I had to go, no, it's, it's there, it's 4 99 She had to look at it. I just felt terrible. She looked appalled, embarrassed. I handed her the money, left. I didn't even take my 1p change. I was so embarrassed. I was too ashamed to say anything, trying to explain myself. But if I could turn back time, <laughs> thanks to the magic of AI Ottima. I can't. If I could turn back time, what would I do differently? Oh, 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 if I could turn back time. Oh, hold on, hold on. I just realised I'm about to ask Emma Kennedy, the woman who nearly created a diplomatic incident with her Canadian accent last week, <laughs> to attempt to impersonate an Indian woman. I, I, I hadn't. I, I don't think race relations in this country can take this. If I could, you know, if I could just turn back time 30 seconds. Thanks to the magic of AI Ottima, I, I can. If I could turn back time, what would I do differently? Oh, 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 if I could turn back time. I handed her the money, I left, I didn't even take my 1p change. I was too ashamed to say anything. Though I should add at this point that the woman did speak during the transaction. It turned out that though she was a middle-aged Indian woman, uh, she didn't have a very strong Indian accent. <laughs> If anything, she sounded like a native Londoner. If I could turn back time, what would I do differently? I'd travel back 30 seconds and out of codicil stating that the Indian woman did not have a strong accent. Even though that's a lie. If I 
like a turn back time. So, uh, with that codicil sorted out, back to the main turn back time issue. But if I could turn back time, <laughs> thanks to the magic of AI Ottoma, I can. If I could turn back time, what would I do differently? If I could turn back time. Just want to check you understand. We're, we're back now. <laughs> that one was in the middle, right? We're back now at the original turn back time that we turn back time for originally. If, you, if anyone doesn't understand, we can turn back time and I can try and explain it more lucidly. <laughs> no, I think we're okay. Uh, I'd, I'd like this, please. Oh, oh dear. <laughs> I can't believe you're buying this. Just, just take my money. <laughs> Can't even see how much it costs. There, it's under the DVD. It's sit down. Just move that. Oh, you, you make me move the DVD too, dude. Oh, I look, see. Look, look. I know you're making some assumptions about me here, but listen, this really is not for me. I do use pornography sometimes, but I get it from the internet for free. www.redtube.com is a good example. And without judgment, it's, they have like little free clips. There, there's enough. It's enough. <laughs> and it's much... It's much harder pornography than this rubbish, hustler, weak-ass shit. So I'm only, I'm only getting this so I can cover every single page with my semen and then give it to a 14, 17-year-old boy. So don't judge me, OK? Shame on you. Don't look, you are selling the stuff. You're making money out of this, so don't look po-faced at me. I think you're only trying to make me feel guilty, so I'll leave without my change and you'll make one piece. Sweet. I have, I have nothing to be ashamed of here. Yeah. I don't care that you're buying porn. You should only be ashamed because of your choice of magazine. Hustler! They hardly ever have any black, Asian, or Latino models. I mean, seriously, it's the 21st century. If I could turn back time, what would I do differently? I would explain that I wasn't buying the porn night for myself, but simply to reluctantly masturbate over every single page and then give to a 14 to 17 year old boy if I could turn back time. So I bought the magazine, here it is. And I've covered, finally I've managed to cover every single page. In gist, as you know, because still, it's still readable, only can open it up. Some of it's, the front cover's fallen off a bit. Could easily stick that back together again. Um, Now, um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to leave that in this bin. There's a free DVD as well. It's, it's that. very weak, though. I, had a, I just had a look just out of research purposes. There's just no, not even any cocks in it, mate. It's not, it's not even worth it. It's rubbish. Uh, uh, so I'll put that in the bin. Uh, and uh, if you are 14 to 17 years old and in the audience tonight, uh, then uh, if you want to sneak up and take that... <laughs> That's, that's up to you. I, uh, I won't have given it to you. You'll have just been, I've just, I've thrown it away because it's disgusting. But, you know, legally and morally, I won't be responsible for it. 
I'm like a modern day magpus. Uh, magpus, bagpus, magpus, magpus. I'm like, why don't I just pretend that was the joke? Uh, <laughs> puss mag, magpus. Um, Serious, come on, it's the 21st century. Is there anyone actually before, is there anyone who, anyone who is 14 to 17 can prove it and would like that? I mean, it'd be worth quite a lot of money one day. That's a, you've got your, I remember in the first half, that young man there said he was 16. I'll sign it for you. It'd be worth a lot. You already worth have. a lot of money. Be able to, if I die, you'll be able to recreate, clone me off that, It'd be like, We'll just leave it, we'll leave it at the end of the stage. If anyone wants to sneak up and take it, it's there. There's a pre-born film in there as well. Exactly. I did stunk on that as well. As it occurs to me, this week's show is writing itself. But you might not want to look too closely at the pen. Or the ink. Anyway. No one's looking at you to sneak up and take it. Uh, has anything occurred to you this Well, week? I mean, two things. Dan, yeah? uh, the first one, that uh, you just showed that DVD, that free DVD that came with that magazine. Yeah. Magazine's Hustler, yeah. but the DVD appeared to be Penthouse. Uh, that <laughs> says to me that maybe there was another magazine. That was a ridiculous accusation. Obviously, they've just come to some agreement. Right. Yeah. So they're probably owned by the, I don't know, I don't mean buy... Who would buy porn? It's not, I need harder stuff. So they weren't doing a two-for-one. They yeah, weren't doing sorry. a two-for-one. <laughs> think, yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, no, what happened to me, I was in my mother care, and there were two extraordinarily posh people in front of me, and they were so posh that they sort of had those white, pasty, doe faces with just tiny raisin eyes. Uh, I don't know if you know, just big teeth and white, and couldn't tell what, you know, uh, sex either of them were. They were just, you know, generic posh people. And uh, posher than me. And uh, they were talking so noisily that I thought they were talking such easily that I thought I might try and write some of this on my phone so I could say it here, funnily, you know, like I'm supposed to be doing now. But uh, I got my phone out and I realised that my toddler uh, had been playing with it and so it was covered in horrible sticky fingerprints so I couldn't actually even enter the code onto my iPhone. Uh, and so it was at that point that the two posh people turned around and caught me licking my phone. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to lick my phone after, after, after um, uh, it's a little sticky. Has uh, anything occurred uh, to... Emma, before we get on yeah. to it, I just want to point out that in last week's show, yeah. you did state yeah. that bin La Osama bin Laden was a hero to all Muslims. Hero to and all I, Muslims. Uh, I just wanted yeah, to you give know, you like, an opportunity to yeah, retract that statement. You know, you like, like Hitler's a hero to all Germans. It's similar to that. <laughs> yeah? <That's, laughs> That's how it works. You're really it? helping with international what? relations. Who, me, what, what? <laughs> What's happened to you this week, Emma? Well, you know, you know that extraordinary story I told you before the show? Yes. Yeah. Well, I can't tell it because <laughs> it's unbroadcastable. And that's quite something coming from a woman who has stood here and happily told you about a turd falling through a floorboard <laughs> that hits a kitchen floor below. And also told you a story about someone's penis being impaled with someone's brace. It is worse than that, and so bad, I can't tell you. Wow. Tell me! No, I can't. It's real tease. I can't. I can't tell you. I can't. Send a tweet on Boo. Abu! Abu! Show 
going off teasing them. I At least I did the if porn. If anyone's here after, the, the, the porn mag has made them hungry. For, uh, <laughs> they are. <laughs> I've super injuncted myself. <laughs> Christian, has anything happened to you this week that you're prepared to talk about? Uh, uh, okay, uh, somebody. Uh, I did a gig in Ipswich last oh, night. Wow. Uh, oh, wow. Uh, yeah, it's pretty. And uh, a, a man came up to me in the toilets and said that he was a big fan of AI Automobile. <laughs> so that's the end of the story. <laughs> so there's one person in Ipswich. You'll know who you are if you're listening. Yeah, Stephen uh, Wright. Well, I'll tell you, no, but he did. He emailed. <laughs> He emailed me shortly after. Oh, yeah. And, uh, I didn't give him my email address. So wow! I don't know, uh, wow. Don't know how that happened. Anyway, it's all happening. It's all happening. I was, as I mentioned before in the first half, I was um, asked to be if I wanted to appear in the next series of Dancing on Ice. Oh. Uh, <laughs> this, which the audience here, more than half wanted them to me to do it. I, I turned it down because I can't dance and I can't skate. So I didn't think it was a good I would time to, like do, to try and do both at once. I think it's a kind of ins- yeah. insanity. Yeah, You'd like to see me on that? I would, yeah. Yeah. Not going to happen, I've already said no. And I would die, I'd lose my fingers, I'd fall over, break yeah, your leg. Yeah, but more importantly, I would not stop laughing for about <laughs> six months. I'd be in Lycra, do you really want to see that? Yeah, yeah, fair point. They're churning. Anyway, uh, let's see what else has occurred this week. Thursday. Seeing an advert for yet another cartoon movie about an animal with attitude and some magical or martial arts skill, I pine for a world with films about a cartoon animal with no attitude or surprising ability whatsoever. I actually came up with a screenplay called Attitudeless Badger. Uh, a boring mammal who toes the line, a solitary figure who moves from home to home, burrows underground, occasionally fights off predators, living on a diet of earthworms and insects. Although badgers have been known to become intoxicated with alcohol after eating rotting fruit, that would never happen to Attitudeless Badger, who would also refuse permission for his image to appear on merchandise of any kind. Friday. I went to see Seinfeld at the O2 Arena. The main talking point was the price of the tickets. £100 for 90 minutes of stand-up. It did seem steep, but then the cab I got home cost me £60, and the driver barely put two words together and said nothing funny at all, which (laughs) put Seinfeld's pricing strategy into some kind of perspective. Saturday. The night after watching Seinfeld at the O2 uh, with an audience of 14,000, I was doing a gig in Barking in East London in front of 27 people. That is show business. Uh, people were only paying £6 to see me, though. I, was, I think I was undervaluing myself. If Seinfeld can charge £100 of tickets to 14,000 people, then I should have charged those 27 people £51,851.85 pence each. Or does it mean that Seinfeld should be charging 1.15 pence to everyone? I don't know. But, you know, Seinfeld doesn't have too much money, so I don't begrudge him. <laughs> anyway. Monday. It's come to light today that killer cucumbers are not, in fact, responsible for the deaths of all those German people. After all, it's actually E. coli-ridden bean sprouts that are the true culprits. Those Germans disgust me. I mean, I, I could almost forgive them for putting cucumbers up their asses. Any curious person might give that a try just one. They're the right kind of shape. But to attempt to get sexual kicks by putting bean sprouts up your bum, that... That is sick. They deserve what they get, those Germans. This is a, this is a dark day for Germany with their bean sprout-laden anuses. It's surely the worst thing that any German has ever done. As it occurs to me, don't download this. It is boring. Assessment. This week's 
one star iTunes review came from someone called Big Angry Posh Dan. It was written entirely in capital letters. He's obviously so angry he didn't even have time to release his caps lock. That is how furious he is. It's nice that these one-star reviewers have taken time to include some autobiographical details in their monikers. Uh, but is Dan angry because he's big or angry because he's posh or a combination of the two? Or does his anger have no bearing on his size? or status in society. We'll never know. Write another review. Friday. As already mentioned, I went to see Seinfeld at the O2 with the duplicitous careerist, Andrew Collins. Uh, <laughs> somehow, we both ended up with passes that allowed us into the after-show party with all the big stars. I never get invited to these things, usually. I feel uncomfortable when I do. It was odd. It was an odd and awkward mixture of people who got access to this little room. Not that many. Like People like Ricky Gervais, I could understand, Angus Deaton, and Cleo Rockus was also there. It was an odd... They all seemed to be together. It was an odd grouping of celebrities. It was, there was an odd desperation in the, in the air as everyone tried to work out their place in the pecking order. Collings, who would kill his own family to further his career, <laughs> was in his element. Oh, thanks so much, everybody. <laughs> Thanks for inviting me, Richard. You are my best friend. Aside, you are not my best friend. You are my worst enemy, and I am only using you until I can find a slightly more famous comedian to work with. Then I'll be off! Thus, by leaping from comedian to comedian, in just 10 to 20 short years' time, I will have my own slot on the six music at 3am. <laughs> Andrew, I can still hear you when you say aside. It doesn't stop me hearing. Oh, look, there's the controller of Sky Comedy. I just have to talk to her quickly. I, I will come straight back. Aside, I won't. I will never see you again. Thanks for the ticket, loser. Aside, no thanks for the ticket, loser. My gratitude is insincere. Insincere! I'd been snubbed by Collins. It was the first snubbing of the night. That one was okay. He was just playing the game like everyone else in the room, jockeying for position, hoping to hold on to their transitory celebrity, so their transient celebrity, so they might continue to be invited to slightly similar, slightly odd events, which no one really enjoyed. Uh, maybe it was good that I was here. Maybe it was a sign that things were on the up, or maybe it was just a terrible accident and they'd just given me the wrong envelope when I got there. I, I sensed the other proper celebs knew I didn't belong, that I was an interloper to their exclusive club. I wouldn't usually do these things. Why was I there now? They were suspicious of me. Was I about to replace one of their number and become a regular? Or was this a mistake? I saw... I was no Cleo Ruckus, was I? Let's face it. I, I met a TV executive that for once I actually recognised and remembered. This never happens to me. I got talking to her. I was, you know, I was complimentary. I said, things are going brilliantly for you. Yeah, yeah. It's very exciting times for us uh, at the moment. So many projects about to come off. I'm very optimistic for my future. I mean, some of these new shows are game changers. Game changers! She went on about that for quite a long time. And I, let, I was polite, I just let her talk like that. And uh, then, uh, before asking, uh, she talked quite a long, and then she asked me... And um, what are you up to at the moment? Oh, well, um, I'm writing a script for the BBC, uh, and... Uh, What's it about? Badgers? <laughs> you said you were... No, Never mind. The other bit. <laughs> oh my God, Richard Bacon! How are you? <laughs> Sorry, I just ruined it. Should we just go back? Well, just ruined imagine it. that. We're going to do an edit. This is the first time. We're not going to edit it out, Ben. We'll just do it again. You've done the wrong bit. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> it's quite crucial to the whole back time. It's if only we could turn back time, time, time in any way. Are we allowed to do another turn back time? I don't think we're allowed to turn back time. Wait. What would I do differently? I'd attempt to do that sketch again if I could turn back time. Hello. Hello, is that Sally Phillips? Yeah, I was just wondering, um, would you, 
I'm doing a new show called As It Occurs To Me, and I wondered if you'd like to be the girl one in it. Yeah, great, fantastic, brilliant. Well, see you. Sorry, so it was... Uh... <laughs> Don't call it <laughs> I'm very uh, optimistic for the future. This has, oh, she was talked about this for quite a long time before she before finally asking. Uh, and what are you up to at the moment? Well, I'm writing a script for the big. Oh my God, Richard Bacon, how are you? That was it. She was gone. No excuse. No excuse me. No, I'll be back in a minute. I thought maybe she'd just briefly say hello to him and come back to hear the answer to the question she'd asked. But I waited there for about three minutes, my mouth agape. She didn't bother. She went and talked to Richard Bacon instead. That proved my level of importance. And to add insult to injury, I've been deemed less important than Richard Bacon. I mean, he's a, he's a nice guy. Not. If it had been Ricky Gervais, fair enough. But he's just on Five Live. He's not anything to write home about. But in show business, there is no call for politeness or pretense. I've been shunned. It reminded me of a party I'd attended in 1999 at the Edinburgh Fringe when Steve Coogan had attempted to introduce me to the then controller of BBC Two, Jane Root. Uh, Jane, do you know Richard Herring? Jane Root didn't even acknowledge me. She just turned her back and carried on talking to someone else. It was at this point I realised we probably weren't going to get another series after Wumringer. <laughs> not even, not even hello, then a back turn. It was... Do you know Richard Herring? Back turn. <laughs> so I suppose the fact that I'd been asked the question before the back turn this time was kind of a progress, wasn't it? Maybe in ten years' time an executive will listen to my answer before shunning me. Uh, I'm never going to go back on TV telly, am I? Let's face it. Jerry Seinfeld was there amongst us, but only the elite felt high up enough in the pecking order to talk to him. Only people who had been in films, really. Should I conform to that convention? What did I have to lose? This is my one shot. Uh, hi, Mr Seinfeld. How are you doing? Hi. Sorry, do I know you? No, but uh, I know you. <laughs> Doing the uh, bass guitar thing from your shoe. No one ever goes on about that. Yeah, well, sorry, Jet. I guess that might that must get a bit boring for yeah. you in the. Uh... I know what it's like actually, because I do a podcast that gets downloaded by about forty thousand people a week. Not fourteen thousand, forty. Thousand. And, uh, you know, probably once every 14 months, some muppet will come up to me and go, rum, rum. It's, uh, it's so annoying. It's from a sketch I did. It was about a motorcycle clothing shop. I haven't heard it. Oh, yeah, it's a good one. It's actually like it. Um, I go into a motorcycle clothing shop, right? even though I don't have a motorcycle or any interest in motorcycles. And then I say, hi, nice motorcycle clothing shop you've got here. Yeah, I, I don't think you need to tell me the whole sketch. Really? People usually love hearing that. But anyway, um, people are always shouting out the catchphrase from the sketch. Right, them. well, just tell me the catchphrase. They shout, hey, Rich. Oh, yeah, I love motorcycling me. Some people like cycling on a normal bike, but not me. I say, why pedal around when you can have a bike that doesn't need to be pedaled with all engines and stuff? Rum, rum. <laughs> It's annoying. And that's the catchphrase. Yeah, they actually call me Richard. Oh, yeah, I love motorcycling. Me, some people like cycling on a normal bike, but not me. I say, why pedal around when you can have a bike that doesn't need to be pedaled with all the engine and stuff? Rum, rum, herring. I can't go 15 months without some chump saying that to me. It gets, gets on my wick, I'm telling anyway, you. Anyway, nice to meet you, but I got to... Uh... Yeah, you could, actually, could you help me out, Jerry? Could you? It's just this week, um, I've got to ejaculate over every page of this porn <laughs> Look, you can see I've done a few pages already. Um, you couldn't help me out, could do a couple of the pages uh, for me. I'm a bit embarrassed to ask, but the thing is, it's not for me. 
It's for a 14 to 17 year old boy that I haven't met yet. Yeah, sorry, I can't help you. I've actually made a bet with my best friends about who can remain master of their domain for the longest. Oh, fuck it, I can't be bothered. Would have loved to have helped. Uh... Lightly, so you're a fucking asshole, Jerry Sullivan. Oh, you won't you yeah. do just one little thing for your fans, just one little no, wank no. off. Oh, fame's changed you, my friend. I'm glad I will never be as successful as you, prick. I, I moved on and sat in a corner by myself where I bumped into an old friend. <laughs> Is that you, Pippa Middleton's disembodied anus? What? Oh, hello. I know you, don't I? Of course you know me as Richard Herring from A.R. Yeah, yeah. Artemis. Yes, of course. How did you get in here? It's for the elite. There's clearly been a mistake. Well, why, why were you crying? I hate to see an anus with a tear in a time. Oh, oh, nothing. It's just the pressure of being a celebrity has got to me. Uh, why can't the press just leave me alone? <coughs> Have you been offered any interesting work this week? Well, I, I've been asked if I wanted to do dancing on ice. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Are you going to do that? <laughs> no, yeah, well, I might. <laughs> you'll be all right, you sound really ill. I'm fine, I'm, I'm brilliant. You, you, you really look awful, Pippa Middleton's disembodied anus, even for a disembodied anus. You're, <laughs> you're all shriveled up oh, more I'm, than usual, I mean. I'm fine. <laughs> I am anus. Hear me? Sure, you know, that the balloon, the bottom balloon knot is supposed to live a disembodied life. You, you might hate Pippa Middleton for overshadowing you, but yes. the irony is you need Pippa Middleton and her buttocks to live. Surely fame isn't worth dying for. It's worth everything. Look at me, I've made it here at a party on a par with Cleo Rockers and Richard Beacon. Do you see Pippa Middleton's buttocks here? No, you don't because I am the best. Don't you see this is all ephemeral and meaningless? Look at the hollow looks in all these celebrities' eyes. They're not happy. They're so terrified. <laughs> Andrew Collins is quite happy. <laughs> this is actually the best night of his life. But you'll never get as high as this again. But they're so terrified that this might all disappear. They're not even able to enjoy it when it's here. I am. <laughs> Andrew Collins. Again, maybe he does. Your lust for fame might kill you, Pippa Middleton's disembodied anus. And as you die, you'll realise that the thing you strive for your whole life wasn't worth a fart. A fart! And am I the only one concerned for Pippa Middleton, who's now spent a month without a, an anus? I mean, uh, she's got no bum cloaca. I mean, it doesn't bear thinking about. Oh, it's nice that you care, Richard. Everyone else here is just interested in themselves, but you care about others. Do I do? You're better than Jesus. <laughs> And ten times as humble. Twelve times. I'll think about what you said. Anyway, what have you been up to? Oh, well, uh, I'm still trying to write my... Oh, my uh... God. It's Ryan Giggs' dismembered penis. <laughs> hey, Ryan Giggs' dismembered penis. How's it going? Uh, you know, not so hot, thanks, Pippa Middleton's I mean, you chose disincarnation, discarnation. I can't say it. Discarnation. I've had it forced upon... I've had a bit chopped off. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Still, the two of us could get together and maybe be on the cover of Hello. Ah. <laughs> Poor little Pippa Middleton's disembodied anus. What will become of her? Uh, so snubbed, even by... Mm, it's like an allegory about fame. I don't know if you saw it. <laughs> so we're following a journey over the series. I wonder what... I wonder what happened at the end. I wonder... Even I don't know yet. But... but... My place in the pecking order, I'm beneath Pippa Middleton's disembodied anus. I'm, let's face it, I'm never going to be on the telly. As in the case to 
another festinuity podcast 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 to be put on a register oh yeah <laughs> Uh, let's go down into the audience to see what has occurred to them this week and do try and be interesting remember that has anyone got anything that's occurred to them this week just put your hand up I can see a hand right over there uh, looks like a long haired bearded gentleman uh, surprise <laughs> what's occurred to you Jesus It occurred to you, the gentleman you saw, you sold six pornographic magazines to a gentleman who only had one arm. <laughs> How many arms will he have after he's got through those six? Uh, what, what, how were, they, were you selling them at car boot sale, or do you work in a newsagent? I work in a corner shop. You work in a corner shop. It wasn't me. I've got, look, I've got two arms. I bought one magazine. Um, well, you know, that's all right. He can, he, can, he can manage with one. That's all right. Don't manage with one arm, can he? That's fine, it's nice. Uh, How's he turn the pages? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Anyone else got. Uh, nothing else has occurred. You got, there's a one armed man putting his hand up there. Oh, no, two arms. He's got two arms. What, another man with a beard. What a surprise. Yes, sir. What's uh, occurred to you this week? Uh, the thing that happens. Fucking hell. <laughs> the ding. The Are you relating to Subo in any way? The ding. Uh, sorry, what was what I could cheat? Sorry. My mum washed the dog. Your mum washed the dog. <laughs> this could be going anywhere. Let's face it. <laughs> Where's the soap? <laughs> yes, it does. She trimmed his whiskers. She trimmed his whiskers. And now he walks into the door. And now he walks into the door. Because, because that's how they guide. That's cats, though, isn't it? I thought that they, they guide themselves with their whiskers, right? That's how they know how wide they are, right? That's, the, that's basically what you're talking dogs about. To dogs to ducks? <laughs> it's a nice, we, we learn a, you learn a lot at this. Uh, I don't think there's any other accent I'd be allowed to do what I'm doing. And I'd be, uh, <laughs> I don't think I'm really allowed to do with this one. Uh, it's because uh, an animal judges its distance by the, size, the length of its whiskers. Did you know that? And so that interesting story is all taught us something about biology. If you trim a dog's whiskers, it will not know how wide its own head is. <laughs> That's a fact. You look at me bemused by that. Uh, we haven't worked, we haven't colluded on that brilliant story, unbelievably. Uh, anyway, is the porn mag still in there? Is anyone is still there? You can just sneak and take it. No one, if you want it, darling, you can take it. It's all right. Girls can look at it too. They're still like some of the pages are ripped up and stuck together. You can still look at some of them. There's some good, some good articles in there. Uh, anyone else got uh, got uh, something that's occurred to them? It's a reticent audience. There's a grey-haired, bearded gentleman. You were in the kitchen with your is this your lovely wife. Uh, oh, hello. hello. She's next door neighbour's wife. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, so you're here, you were in the kitchen with your uh, fiancé. Yeah, and we were pouring out, I poured out some cereal. You poured out some cereal? And into a bowl? Into a bowl. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> Just to get it right. Yeah. A live mouse popped out. A live mouse popped out of the cereal? <laughs> Had the mouse got into the cereal in your home or from the factory, do you think? Uh, no, it's still alive, so in the home. In the home. Yeah. Well, it might have lived in there, it'd be nice, isn't it? <laughs> so you got mouse, what are you telling me, you live in a filthy house? <laughs> you're hoping this woman will marry you, you live in a filthy mouse-ridden... Did you eat the cereal or did you throw the cereal away? Uh, no, cereal away. What happened to the maps? Well, we thought it was a free gift or something. <laughs> he thought it was a free gift. That would be a nice free gift. They should put that. They should, 
put that in with beans to make bean sprouts more popular. Put <laughs> <laughs> some mice in there. Well, that's very interesting. That is a, that is a fun. I think that's a better story than the rest of the audience have given you credit for. But there are difficult audiences to prove. They're difficult to please this week. And now you've seen how. That's just one story from your life that's taken two minutes. Imagine after a fucking hour of this shit, every, every week, and the, the fucking gratitude you get. Wankers. Uh, anything, we'll go for one more if there's another. Oh, well, there's a man who has no, he hasn't got a hair on his head or body. What I said that, he's broken the beard rule. No beard. He can't even grow a beard. Incredible. Uh, what's your name? Tom. Sorry I didn't ask anyone else's name, but uh, Tom looks friendly and I like it. Uh, what's occurred to you this week, Tom? Um, it occurred to me this week that I was getting stoned with my brother. You're getting stoned with your brother? That is, you know, that is an illegal. <laughs> you were faced with a very difficult quandary. You were faced with a difficult quandary. What was it? It was a would you rather question. Would you rather question you were asking? Would you rather sleep with a child? <laughs> <laughs> So nice. <laughs> he looks so nice. Are we prepared? To, I mean, maybe we should. It's lucky I got his name. Um, maybe we should carry on for evidence, just for evidence. Let's hear the second Let's part see, of the would other. Would you rather? Quandary was. Would you? We maybe next week's moral maze. This you never know. Would you rather? Would you rather sleep with a child? Have sex with a child? Or not have sex with a child. <laughs> or not have sex with a child. No, I mean not. It's a good way of trapping paedophiles. Get them stoned. Would you rather have sex with a child? Not so much. Sorry, not. Or not, but... Or have everybody else you know think you did. Or think... <laughs> Um, I can only apologise. What is that like, Rich? <laughs> Would you rather have sex with a child or not have sex with a child, but everyone thinks you did? Do you want an answer from me? Not have sex with a child. I'd rather not have sex with a child. If it's a trick, I'm, I'm past it. What did you decide? We were stuck. You were stuck? Thank God he can't grow a beard. That's all I can say. This. <laughs> but you're saying that the act of paedophilia is, is, is worse. <laughs> is not as bad as the annoyance of, of having to sign on every week. Okay. It would be it's an interesting moral quandary, but the fact you thought it up is weird. And, uh, you're not going to be allowed to come again. Uh, mind you, if we said that paedophiles couldn't come and see this show... I need it's mainly it's like we're looking. Some people are going for the pink pound. Some are going. <laughs> we're trying to get the money off the paedophiles. <laughs> That's our main audience. And the zoophiliacs, so there we go. Good. Well, um, I think we'll move on, shall we? Now it's time. Fittingly, now it's time for the moral maze. It's a moral maze. It's a moral maze. It's a moral. It's a moral maze. It's a moral maze. When morals get hazy, our scruples get lazy, our conscience goes crazy. We wish we could swap places with the cock of Jay Z. We get trapped in the maze. It's a moral maze. It's a moral maze. It's a moral. It's a moral maze. It's a moral maze. Moral maze. This. The best bit. It's the only way. It's the only reason we do this every because the song's so good. Uh, this week on the Moral Maze, counterfeiting semen. It's a moral maze. It's a moral maze. It's a moral. It's a moral maze. It's a moral maze. Counterfeiting semen. 
And you may laugh, but tonight's moral maze is a serious issue indeed, because the possible transgression against morality I have made this week challenged the authority of the moral maze itself. Uh, last week it was declared I acted immorally, as we know by leaving that porn mag in the bin, and the punishment we've all heard about. But uh, the majority of last week's audience deemed my leaving a porn mag in a bin being immoral, even though it obviously was moral. Uh, is the majority always right? That's what I ask you. Were the majority right when they crucified Jesus? On that case they were, that's not a very good example. I, I must confess, I felt carrying out the punishment was potentially a bigger moral crime than the one I'd been found guilty of committing. I felt that if I did that, I might be judged in a court of law, and ultimately by God himself. I decided that whilst I would buy the porn mag and give it to a 14 to 17 year old boy if one wanted it, that I could not do that if the magazine was coated in the semen of myself or other gentlemen. There are health and safety implications, at least. So, instead, last night, I spent about an hour mixing some flour with some water, and then I smeared it page by page over that magazine in my kitchen sink. It was one of the most humiliating and awful things I've ever had to do. To be honest, in many ways, this felt more disrespectful to the women in the magazine than daubing them with my actual cock juice. I, I felt especially bad when I was forced to splatter my ru this rudimentary glue over a non-pornographic article about the late Diana Dawes. That seemed... <laughs> it seemed disrespectful to her memory. And yet, ethically, was that really any worse than genuinely giving a semen-sodden clump of pornographic material to a minor? I honestly don't know. I can't tell this. I broke, I've transgressed the moral maze itself, I've not carried out the punishment. If I just, if I can just willy-nilly not carry out, literally willy-nilly not carry out <laughs> the punishment that have been bestowed on me, then that, it's meaningless. So what do you, what do you think, guys? Well, I mean, you, you did, you know, you, you, you made a promise last week that you were going to wank over every single image in that magazine. But I would say that it's dangerous. Um, this is absolutely true. In a museum in Glasgow, there is a penis in a box. This is absolutely true. And what, it's of a man... museum in Glasgow? I find that very <laughs> hard to believe. In a Glasgow museum. And it's of a man who wanked himself to death. It's absolutely true. The, the makeup lady on This Is Gincy had, was sent by her art school to draw it. And I said, don't be ridiculous. A man can't wank himself to death. And she's, she was Scottish. She said, oh, no, Emma. I've seen it with my own eyes. <laughs> it was in tatters. So he wanked himself to death and then they he cut off his penis. Death and then they cut it off. So that, was dead. that could have happened to you. It could have done. Yeah. But, um, I mean, you are, uh, you've agreed to live by the judgment of the moral maze. You, who are you to judge whether the moral maze is... The moral maze is there to judge you. Yeah. But what if the moral maze itself is corrupt? Maybe yeah. the three yeah. weeks of power, the moral maze... Look, Who just, moral maze is the moral the maze? Who's the same you, You've blown my mind. Literally <laughs> <laughs> blown my mind. Who watches the moral maze men? That's what I ask you. <laughs> they might have just done that because they wanted me to go That's through true. the trouble of masturbating. Well, it of wasn't a moral decision. Well, look at them. Of course they did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're an idiot, Henry. Well, anyway... Now it's time for you, the moral maze audience and jury, to decide. If you, I've deemed been, if, I, if you deem me to have been immoral by not masturbating over the magazine, as promised, I will be punished by, at some point this week, having to strip naked and be covered from head to foot in a gloopy mixture of water and flour whilst being filmed apologising to the late Diana Dawes. Now... <laughs> now, wait. 
It's up to the audience. And remember, this is a sacred task here. You must vote with what you think is the correct answer, not think I would like to see that video. So I will make this happen. You have to decide what you'd really want. So you can either vote that I was moral, immoral, or amoral. Or, and there'll be a vote about whether you understand whether, what the difference between amoral and immoral is. You've had four weeks to look it up and try and get it clear in your mind. So if you think that I, by counterfeiting the semen, and now do you want the magazine now that you know it's not actually semen on there? There might be semen on one of the pages. No, what, you still don't want it? You can clearly see some naked, a lady's vagina in there with some flour on it. <laughs> so if you think I acted morally, will you please cheer now? Yay! Not looking good. <laughs> I'm hoping the amoral will win. If you think I acted immorally, cheer now. <laughs> Cruel. <laughs> if you think I acted amorally, cheer now. I didn't, I understand that. If you don't know the difference between being amoral and immoral, cheer now. Uh, so, <laughs> that came second. <laughs> so anyway, the moral face. <laughs> As spoken, the result is I was immoral. It's a moral these, it's a moral these, it's a moral, it's a moral these, it's a moral. Richard's actions were immoral. Good, I'm delighted. <laughs> now, you're bad, jury. <laughs> now, don't go, step away from that, uh, that microphone and guitar, Christian, because now it's time for your topical song. Christian Ryan, ladies and gentlemen, give him a round. Hey, um, uh, okay, so uh, this is about my dislike of uh, talent shows, reality TV, and tabloid newspapers. And it peaked this week. I saw a Sun headline, um, and it was a message from James Hobley. Um, hopefully, you don't know who that is. He's a dancer, and he was a finalist in Britain's Got Talent. And uh, the headline said, um, James Hobley, judge me on dancing, not my autism. <laughs> just seemed a bit cynical to me, you know, just <laughs> reminding everyone that he's got autism and then saying, but don't let that influence you when you come to voting, okay? Um, so uh, anyway, it turned out they judged him on his dancing. <laughs> and he came second. Um, if they'd have judged him on his autism, he would have had the edge. That's all I'm saying. Um, so uh, I just thought I'd set that whole thing to music. Uh, okay. My brain is always dancing down non-mainstream narrow pathways. It's been quite a challenge being in my head, but that's just my backstory. So when you're watching me performing, try to forget everything that I just said. But don't judge me on my struggle with early adversity. Oh baby, when you vote for me, judge me on my dancing. Don't think about the strain that is placed on my family. Oh baby, when you vote for me, judge me on my dancing. 
I just can't, I just can't imagine why I mentioned I'm autistic. I just can't, I just can't imagine why I mentioned I'm autistic. Just dig my funky dances. Don't judge my synapses. Don't focus your attention so narrowly. It's just the way I do cognition. I love repetition. My favorite comedian, Stuart Lee. Don't think about my heart plight. Don't think about a long fight or what I could do with a hundred grand tonight. Just focus on my dancing. Try to make out like you really care while you sit there in your armchair while I'm live on air. Dancing on a televisual semicircular toilet mirror. Judge me on my dancing, not autism. Seriously, it's the 21st century. There. He picks the unusual targets there. Many other people haven't got Simon Cowell, that little boy. Uh, let's pick on that guy. So uh, that's very nearly the end of the show. You just have two more chances to see AI Artema live, probably ever, at the Leicester Square Theatre on June the 13th and June the 20th. Book now, especially for the last one, which is selling very well. If you can't get down here, you can show your gratitude by buying some of my stuff from www.gofasterstripe.com, for example. Uh, and uh, Ben, our producer, would like to uh, remind you that Pappy's Flatshare Slamdown is now available online. The first episode I'm in, I'm brilliant in it. Uh, I won't give away who wins, but I'm the best. Uh, and uh, if you want to go and see Andrew Collings in that, that's uh, tomorrow on Tuesday night uh, on the what the that, 7th of June. Uh, he'll be uh, one of the contestants. Uh, have you got anything to plug, uh, Dan? Oh, not really. I mean, I do have a website of my own, uh, tedsall.com, and I've got one of those embarrassing Amazon affiliate programs going where people click on a link on my thing and, it goes, and I get a little uh, nothing. It's <laughs> been eating nothing. So if you do ever want a copy of, you know, after you've gone with Nicholas Lindhurst or <laughs> second series of Omidja Lily, I mean, if you do want... Or Hyperdrive, hyper any of those great... <laughs> Any of the great shows I've been involved in, um, just think about it. Or anything, because I think the best we ever did with that was someone came via uh, richhang.com and bought a load of uh, sound equipment or something, and then we ended up getting... Yeah, like freezers, ten, fridge ten freezers. Pounds or something. Uh, ten, uh, 50 yeah. pounds. Videos. Yeah, so if you're going to buy an expensive item, click on Danny Tetzel. Yeah, that's, that's the least you can do for me. It won't cost you a thing. Uh, Emma, have you got anything you'd like to plug? Yes, tomorrow I'll be at David's Bookshop in Letchworth. David's? <laughs> David's Bookshop, yeah. yeah. Um, reading and chatting about Lucky I left David. my tent with San Francisco. There are lots of bookshops in Letchworth, yeah. so make sure you do get the <laughs> yeah. David's. David's one. David's book. Christian, anything to plug? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll be here next week. <laughs> next week. <laughs> I, I, I think there's a free podcast you can download of what we've just done. Wow, well, that's good. That's good to know. I don't know. Actually, I'm in Nottingham this weekend at the Glee Club. So, hey, that's uh, a good one. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, you the big see? time. Ipswich, Nottingham. What? Where next? <laughs> <laughs> get to play <laughs> cool anyway uh, so that's about it uh, that's another nail in the coffin of this podcast another paragraph of the longest suicide note in history uh, I hope you've uh, enjoyed it uh, running hold, into the hold ground. on Rich uh, before you finish I feel I owe you an apology my goodness it's you the important executive who snubbed me at the Seinfeld after show party yeah Rich I feel 
awful afterwards. And I realised I'd been very rude to you and you didn't deserve that. Oh, come on, I don't know about that. It was a party, we were all a bit drunk. No, no, no. It's water under the bridge. No, 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 it was shameful. I mean, you must have felt awful to be snubbed like that. And for Richard Bacon, it must have made you feel pretty low. Rich, 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 introduce me to her. I might get some work on one of her shows. Have you met uh, Dan Tetzel? Anyway. Oh, she um, turned her back. Oh, oh, she just turned her back on me. Check on, Dan Tetzel. Super snub. No TV shows for you. Oh, I just want to be on the telly. (laughs) So, Rich, I was rude. I asked you a question and I didn't wait for the answer. So what are you up to at the moment? Well, funnily enough, I'm writing a new script about a badger. Oh, Uh, my God. that Canadian couple who won't reveal the sex of their obviously male child. Hello, eh? Hello, eh? That's us. Though our baby might be a girl, we're not seeing, eh? We'll never tell anyone what sex he is. Or she is. Oh, uh, even when he has a beard and no breasts. Or breasts and no beard. Yeah, aye, aye, aye. Aye. I know, um... Hold on, I know last week I sprung this on the Canadian thing on you a bit, but you've had like a whole week to <laughs> do some research and practice those accents. Is that the best? Fair yeah, that's the best one. Well, it's really cool to meet you. You're scarcely celebrities at all, but you're still more of a celebrity than Richard Herrick. So by the laws of TV networking, I must talk to you, even though I have next to no idea what you're actually saying. Uh, actually, we had an idea for a TV show. It's called, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Well, all you have to do is make us reveal the sex of our baby. Hey, it's about us and our baby. No one knows what sex he is. Or, or, or she is. And people, they come on, and they try to trick us into revealing his gender. Oh. Or her gender, her but gender. we don't reveal any of it. And then we shout at the people for being so What's between her baby's legs? Why is everybody so obsessive about his penis? Her, her penis! Yes, her penis. <laughs> uh, but if they, uh, yeah, Swedish, yeah, that's right. It's a big Swedish community in where we come from. Uh, but uh, if they trip at that, eh, and we reveal that he is a boy, then uh, they will a million poons. I love it. Commission a hundred episodes. Oh. Anyway, look, I'm off to a big party, <laughs> and little Chris will be there, and Ryan gives his dismembered penis. Or a vagina. Fancy coming along? <laughs> uh... <laughs> Hold on. We need someone to host the show, and I mm. think I know the perfect person. Yes, yes. Keith Allen. Oh, no. I don't care. I don't even want to be on the telly. I've never wanted that. And if anyone tells you I have, they've been lying. I don't feel comfortable amongst celebrities. I'd rather spend a night, seriously, I'd rather spend a night drinking with you, the audience here at the Leicester Square Theatre. Don't get all sentimental about that. I'd hate to drink with you. You're strange, socially awkward. Some of you discuss whether you'd have sex with the child or not. <laughs> and obviously in a way that hoping you'll make go, yeah, I'd have sex with the child, yes, I would. Uh, and you stink, and most of you've got beards. I'd just prefer to drink with you than celebrities. It's like the, the way that having shit is better than having diarrhoea. Uh, 
anyway, instead, instead, I'm going to go home and uh, on my own and throw flour and water over articles about dead movie stars. So uh, that's what I prefer to do. Good night. Thanks for coming. And the was produced by Ben Walker with thanks to Damien Caldwell, Matt Ricardo and everyone at the Leicester Square Theatre. Special thanks to Orange Mark the British Comedy Guy. This is an Avalon Sky Potato Fuzz production.